want to just set some stuff up um, so that every, and I want for everything that we look at through the rest of this term to kind of sit and come out of um, what I'm going to share this morning. Um, so if you've got your Bibles, we're going to be in John 15 this morning. Um, I would encourage you, the whole of um, the whole of John 15 is ideally, you know, I'd go through all of it. We haven't, for the sake of time, I've just, um, we're going to look at the first eight verses, but I'd encourage you to just get in to have a look at a really good look in John um, 15 this week. It's where Jesus is talking to his disciples at the Last Supper. Um, it's quite a well-known passage about um, Jesus being the vine, us being the branches. Um, so it fits with this roots and fruit kind of gardening type analogy. So I'm going to pray and then um, we'll, we'll dive in. Father, I want to thank you that you're with us. Oh, Lord, we've sung about it this morning. We've heard about it in Mary's testimony that you are so with us. You're so present in every situation. And we ask that you'd be with us now. Um, and God, just I pray just for this um, next series, this next series of time, that um, you'd just be really close with us. God, you'd just be doing um, just an amazing accelerated work in each one of us, God, because we... But our bottom line is we want to live fruitful lives. We want to live lives that point to you and point to a good God. Um, so I ask that you'd be with us, you'd open up your word, and, and just Holy Spirit, come meet us all this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, John 15. This is Jesus talking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Such a rich passage. I mean, there's, there's loads in it. We could kind of almost go through it verse by verse. But central to it is this amazing promise that if we remain in Jesus, we will bear much fruit. Other translations say if you abide in Jesus, you'll bear much fruit. In these, in the first 10 verses actually of this passage, um, that word abide or remain 10 times. You know, when kind of Jesus repeats stuff. It's like it's definitely something he's wanting for us to get here. Remain in him. Um, so simple terms, Jesus is saying, look, and he says it in absolutely clear terms, apart from me, you can do nothing. So you cannot bear fruit other than remaining and abiding in Jesus. But if you remain in him, you will bear fruit. Like It's, it's a pretty simple statement. Um, and that it's to God's glory that we do, verse 8. Actually, bearing fruit is the way that we demonstrate ourselves to be disciples, and, it, and it, it gives glory to God when you and I live fruitful lives. So I think the first thing to say is, like, in this whole series where we're going to look at establishing healthy roots and, and bearing healthy fruit is that, listen, fruit is not an optional extra for some you know, particular super disciples or special Christians. Like, fruit is not an optional extra, but it's only possible if we remain in Jesus and um, a bit later on in, in this passage in John 15, um, Jesus kind of, I think, highlights this whole thing about actually fruit, you know, it's not an add-on. You know, some people are fruitful, some people aren't. In verse 16, he says, you didn't choose me, 
I chose you and I appointed that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. So part of us being chosen, we've looked at that a lot, haven't we? Like, you know, God has chosen us, um, but he's chosen us and appointed us to go and bear fruit. So all of us. So as much as each one of us is called and chosen, each one of us is appointed to go and bear fruit. It's for all of us. And he uses this analogy of the vine, um, a plant, gardening, okay? And it's uh, what I want to do is I want to set the series up, but I want us to understand it in this context of abiding. Because I think you know, this is going to be a very, I suppose, quite pastoral, quite a discipling type series. We're looking at, um, actually, what does it look like to be disciples? What are, what are parts of this healthy root system that we should all have? Again, not optional lectures. This should be in everyone's toolkit, these things we're going to look at. Um, but I want us to kind of understand all of those things that we're going to look at in the context of, you know, foundationally is that we abide in him. Because otherwise it's super easy to hear a series like this. And you know, it's like, actually, we need to get into prayer. We need to get into the word. We need to control our tongue. We need to deal with areas that, like, all these things we're going to look at. Um, it's really easy to kind of see those as a tick list, isn't it? And it's like, right, okay, this is like report season. You know, how am I doing? I'm going to get a scorecard at the end of this term. And I don't want it to be like that. Um, and I think if we've got this bit in place first, um, we'll be in a better state. But actually, it's about first and foremost abiding in Jesus. Um, and I want to take a moment, just, you know, there's so much in this passage. And I know there's a couple of verses in there um, that if I have a wrong understanding of who God is, and if I have a wrong understanding of my position in Him, I can hear some of those verses and kind of slightly panic, yeah? So when it talks about, um, just the first verse, um, I am the true vine, Jesus is the vine, the Father God is the gardener, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. And listen, that shouldn't, that shouldn't cause any anxiety for us. <laughs> what if I don't bear fruit? He's going to cut me off. Um, listen, that, that's not it. God is a good God. And you know, he says that actually there is nothing that can separate us from him anymore. So like, you have to hear that verse and understand the truth of the gospel is that you are saved. Hebrews, it says that he's able to save perfectly, finally, and for all time, those who are willing to come through him. So like, that's you. And so, so that, that phrase, you know, the gardener cuts off anything that's not fruitful, that's not you anymore. You're chosen and you're sent to bear fruit. So we need to not be anxious about that um, because we're super clear. It's, it's very clear on the one hand, if you remain in him, you will be fruitful. So nothing to be fearful of. And this other thing is about actually this pruning. And I think sometimes we have this idea that God is sort of going to drastically hack back and cut off everything that's nice and fruitful and, and in our life and he's pruning me. And again, if you have a wrong understanding of Father God, then that verse is anxious making. Um, I remember once I am... I'm a bit better than Emma than gardening, but I'm not brilliant, like she said last week. It's not her strong point. I'm a bit better. But who's really good is our mum. She's amazing. And our granddad was phenomenal. Um, so I remember when uh, we moved into our house and the mum and dad always come up and dad does painting and practical things and mum blitzes the garden. It's amazing. Um, so she came up and we had this bonkers um, blackcurrant bush. No, red currant bush. Blackcurrants, but red currants. What do you do with red currants? They're horrible. Really not fun. I don't like red currant jelly. I don't know what else you do with them. But this, and it was just going a little bit kind of crazy. And um, a mum came up and hacked it back extremely. And like literally to the point where you're like, is that ever going to do anything yet? I, mean, I don't really, really like red currants, but gosh, that looks really awful. Um, but it's the kind of, I remember God talking to me about it once. It's like, actually, because 
the thing is, I have 40, nearly 40 years history of knowing my mum absolutely loves me and is for me. Like that is a absolutely, that doesn't, that is so settled for me. I know she loves me and she's for me and she's for Phil and our kids. She's for us as a family. And I've seen her work before. I've seen her garden and it's beautiful. So I know she knows what she's doing. I've seen what she's done before and I know she loves me. So I'm absolutely content for her to do whatever she likes to that black red currant bush because I can trust her. So she pruned it back massively and it's been way healthier and more manageable than it's ever been since. So listen, you need to have that view of God. You know, that you need to build that history with God. It's like, I just know. So over 40 years, I just know mum loves me. Um, so I can trust her. You need to, we need to have that. I know God loves me. So if he's pruning me, it says it here, he's pruning us, it's for fruitfulness. And because we've been fruitful and there's even more to come, so we need to not be anxious about that. He's a good gardener. He knows what he's doing. And that's why it's so important that we're in community and we, you know, we see God's work. You know, Mary's amazing testimony is like, actually, you know, she's known God tending her and gardening through a difficult season and already there's amazing fruit from it. So that's why it matters. But God is a good gardener. So we hear, you know, those verses about pruning and like, there's no, not to be any fear for us. You need to not be anxious about that. Um, so really it's this series. What we, what we want to be going after is this idea of healthy roots. Um, but I want us to, like I said, set the scene in terms of actually this idea of remaining in God, being in abiding in Jesus, and actually, how do we do that? So, really, if you you know it, the follow the plant analogy, it is about roots. You know, re- roots are how a plant remains. Roots are how a plant abides, and you know, stays put, and is fruitful, and survives, and comes through season after season. It's having healthy roots. Yes, yes, there are other factors, um, but I really want us to look at this idea of roots. And roots are what give permanence and health and stability and growth and ultimately fruit and flowers Um, and so for us if you take that analogy spiritually your spiritual roots are what going to give you permanence stability health growth fruit Um, so in the same way that you know healthy plant with has to have healthy roots in order to have fruits not going to happen otherwise it's the same for us and so what this whole series is looking at is what is that root system you know, that actually we all need to be developing and growing in order to have healthy fruit. And the thing is, guys, we have to be patient with this because roots are underground. You don't necessarily see the roots until have you ever tried to sort of dig something up. And actually the plants that are, it's usually, it's often it's dandelions. Have you ever tried to get rid of dandelions? They are a nightmare. They've got massively long and strong roots. They're really hard to shift. And um, so it's, we need to have this idea of actually I might not see it, and it's sometimes it's the underground stuff, but just trust God is building up your root system, and there is going to be visible fruit. There is already, but there is so much more. Um, but it's all right. It's an underground job, so we have to be patient with that. Um, so I want, us to, I want us to look in this series about these healthy roots. The Bible talks quite a lot in um, sort of analogies about you know, planting and plants and growing. And there's a couple from the Old Testament. Um, I'm just going to pull out one of them, Jeremiah 17. 7 verse 9 says this, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green. It's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Healthy roots, planting us, sending out roots, planted by the river, trusting in God is how we are fruitful. And in Colossians 2, Paul uses this language again. 
It says, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Roots need to grow. That's the other thing. It's not, it's like a, not an instant thing. Roots grow. That's, so again, it means process and time and commitment. And in every season, yeah, no matter what, we are in it for the long haul and we are rooted and firmly planted in God. That's what abiding looks like. And listen, it's not passive. I think sometimes we can hear that and think, you know, just remain in Jesus. That sounds like I sit back and do nothing. It's, it almost could paint the picture of it being passive, but it's absolutely not. Abiding in Jesus means making daily, moment-by-moment moment choices to live, think, speak like Jesus did. Um, and we have to commit those things. And, and all the kind of, a lot of the things we're going to look at in the rest of this series are ways, actually, that abiding looks like. It's got very practical outworking. Abiding in Jesus is not passive. It is very practical. We have to be intentional about it. Um, so it is going to be quite a, pastoral discipling kind of series which is good and it's good for us um, and you know there's going to be some stuff that we need to look at there's going to be some things you probably need to grow in there's some stuff you might need to address um, but that is okay because that is part of you nurturing and growing a healthy root system um, so in Colossians saying let your roots grow down deep it's not like a one-off you, you know your roots were established when you believed in Jesus and you pay no attention to them from then like they've got to keep growing um, and you know and in challenging seasons um actually strong roots are super important so all these things are you know they're not personality traits they're not kind of pick and mix optional extras all of these things are characteristics habits and choices that should mark us out as god's kids they are part of the normal healthy christian walk and they should be part of every christian sort of spiritual root system if you like um, and they're all things we need to continually grow in so that's always a start it's like hey if you feel like doesn't feel like a massive strong suit right now that's okay because God can grow you in it um, but without them and without a lot of these things we're going to look at in this series I genuinely think our our stability and our strength and our fruitfulness is going to be limited if we don't have these things in place and listen again I want to say it, so you're very very clear I've said this is not about a tick list it's not just about what you do um, it's about who we are but that has to have a practical outworking but it's about growing to be more like Jesus and his character to be formed in us. But that's got to have an out. Yeah? Jesus' character had an out all the time. Um, so I don't want you to hear it as a, this is a stop doing that, start doing this a bit more. Um, but I hope there will be a very practical outworking. I hope there will be fruit. I'm convinced there will be. Um, but really it's about how do I remain in Jesus all the time? In every situation, whatever season I'm in, in every context, how can I remain, really live continually in Jesus? How do I make sure my roots go down really deep in him and keep going deeper? Um, and listen, final thing to say on the sort of, I suppose, setting up the series is it's not an exhaustive list by any stretch. Like some of us have been kind of bouncing ideas around for a while in terms of, you know, what would we include? And we could have done a year's series on this. So this is, you know, this is the ones that we kind of felt like would be good to go after, but it's not an exhaustive list. But I, I do think there's some really important keys. Um, so I want you to kind of get ready to take hold of those and use them. Um, so that is kind of, I wanted to set the scene, be clear. This is where we're heading, but I want to just take a, a moment really for the rest of this morning to pull out something very important that Jesus says in this passage. And it is this whole thing about abiding. Um, so it's really important that we hear, listen, the key to fruitfulness 
is that we remain in Jesus. Yeah? Um, that makes sense to us. It's like, actually, yeah, as I'm rooted in Jesus, I'm going to grow, I'm going to be healthy, and there'll be fruit. That makes sense to me, right? Um, but I want us to, that's one side of the coin. It's only one part of what Jesus actually says in this passage. Um, as much as Jesus says, you need to remain in me, he also says that he will remain in us. It's two sides of the same coin. It's these twin truths. We abide in him, he abides in us. And we will bear much fruit. And it's just, that's exactly the relationship that if you read the Gospels, read the stories of Jesus' life on earth, that's the relationship he had with Father God. Um, And he uses the same language in John 14, the chapter before. He says, believe me when I say, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. It's this mutual abiding, I suppose. Um, That's what his relationship with God looked like. And in the same way that... You know, his relationship with God, him abiding in the Father and the Father abiding in him, wasn't a sort of passive philosophical idea. It was a dynamic, active relationship that had an out, that had a practical expression. So when he said, you know, I only do what I see my Father doing, it's because there was this living together, abiding in one another. So he saw what the Father was doing, and he did that. Um, but he did something. He says, I only do. So there was, a, there was an out. There was a practical outworking. He says, I only, he says um, you know, the words I speak are not on my own authority, but those of my Father. So his abiding in the Father, the Father abiding in him, affected continually what Jesus did, what he said. It's the same for us. Um, abiding has to look like something. It's not just a kind of a, a cozy, nice gardening analogy. Like It's, it's got to have an out. Um, so yes, we need to remain in him to be fruitful, but it's vital we understand, and this might seem so obvious, um, but actually he remains in us. As much as you are to be in him, he is in you. Um, and I'm not going to go into these in detail, but there's just a few references here you can scribble down and have a look at later. But um, listen, the Bible makes it really, really clear that Jesus is in us. We've, we've sung it this morning. Ruth and Andy were entirely on it when they chose their set this week. You know, we've sung about God with us and nothing can separate. And the very next song, we've just sung and declared over ourselves, Christ is living, he's living in me. We've sung it. We sing it all the time. And I think sometimes one of those things, maybe it's just me, when I was kind of preparing this, I was like, gosh, I sometimes miss or I forget that thing. That whole piece, you know, we can hear, I've got to live in Jesus, which can lead us very much into there certain things I have to do to position myself there all the time. And I forget the other side of the coin is, but hang on a minute, he's in me. So 1 John 4, 4, it's where Jesus, and he says, he that is in you is greater than he that's in the world. But the key is, he that is in you, not just around you, not just cheering you on, in you is greater than he that's in the world. Um, Colossians 1.28, is what we sung about this morning. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not just Christ with you, Christ for you, though he is all the time, but it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Romans 8, it's always going to get Romans in there. Verse 11, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Come on, help me out. It's in you, in me. And then 1 Corinthians, in in chapter 6, verse 19, Paul's talking about us. um, And he says, don't you know you are a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? He's in us all the time. And this verse, Galatians 2.20, really famous verse. um, 
I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Like that verse has just kind of slightly exploded my mind. What? Like, what does that mean? I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That is a profound statement that Paul makes there. But listen, some of us need to really just dwell on those verses and just kind of meditate them. And honestly, you don't need a theology degree to understand the fact that it's the, the link between all of them is Christ is in you, all of us, all the time. So it's these two absolutely equally important truths that I want us to get hold of. And I want us to just make sure we don't just focus on, I've got to abide in Jesus, and we forget that he's in us. Like that's, Honestly, it's just a fact you know, the life and the power of the risen Jesus is in us, and that's why fruit's promised. Otherwise, however much I try to abide in him, I'm not going to be fruitful. It's, it's the life and power of Jesus in me that means there's fruit. And I think too often we, do, we live either not believing that, um, but certainly not accessing that. You know, we no longer live. Christ lives in me. And if I focus only on how I remain in him, not realizing actually he's living in me, then, then I'm, I'm just missing a source of power that is going to be absolutely transformational. And it's, it's like we have this idea that um, there's this sort of check-in, check-out, like, you know, we visit God, I meet him on a Sunday morning, or I meet him in my quiet time, or at Hub. And listen, all those things are massively important and powerful, and we absolutely, totally meet the Lord in those times. We do. But I can't help feeling there is something more for us to unpack and experience of this God who lives in us all the time. So abiding in him. And I would encourage you, Phil did a brilliant message. When we're looking at um, our lavished series, looking at the love of God, probably about 18 months or so ago now, did a whole morning on abiding in the love of God, not this kind of check in for a top up, check back out and try and figure out life on my own and this in, out, in, out. Like abiding is this continual, mutual, him living in me, me living in him. But I kind of think this, there's, there's something for us to really get hold of, of this God in us that I think is massively important. It's not that, um, it's not that God visits you on occasion. Heck, he lives in you. That is, that is a massively, massively large concept to try and wrap our heads around. The fact that God would come and visit me would be is ridiculous and amazing. But the fact that God doesn't stop there, he chooses to live in me, is phenomenal. And what does abiding look like when we understand that? So I, I want us to really shift away from, listen, it's not an occasional connection and then disconnect and crack on. Um, it's this ongoing life in the Spirit, him in us and us in him. And listen, the thing is, whether you believe that, those verses, whether you understand it, whether you feel it, whether you agree with it, whether you experience it, slightly, I would humbly say, isn't the issue. The thing is, he is in you. Whether you believe it, whether you experience it, yet, he is. Like That just is what the Bible says. He is in us. And that is a vital part of this root system. In fact, that's what needs to hold the whole of this root system, is that he abides in us. And that life is in us. And it, gosh, it would make so much difference. Um, I wonder, this might help as an um, analogy. Our, um, one of my other sisters, um, my youngest sister, um, when she was about 19, I think she was at university, we found out she had a massively narrowed aorta. So the aorta is the sort of biggest blood vessel carrying blood away from your heart. And it was so much so that she, um, 
she pretty much didn't have a pulse in either of her legs. Like, it was so narrowed. Blood wasn't really kind of getting to where it needed to. And it was kind of found by accident, actually, by a GP. But actually, um, it kind of, when, when they found out, mum and dad were like, oh... It kind of made sense because when she was little, she was really little, had little skinny legs, and she always used to lag behind on walks and would be like moping. And you know, she used to get really bad, what we thought were growing pains, um, much worse than the rest of us did. And suddenly it was like, oh, this is making sense. So she had to have surgery at 19, and so she now has a metal stent that has opened up her aorta. And so now that basically blood is getting to everywhere, like it should have done. And then I remember the first time we. um, we used to go on skiing holidays a bit when we were younger, and I remember going on a skiing holiday with her after she's had her surgery. And suddenly I was like, wow, you are so much stronger. You're going so much faster. You are so much fitter than I am. Your endurance and your strength, like it was markedly different. Like just, and it, honestly, all it was was Blob was getting to where it needed to. You know, so she was kind of doing it before, but without you know, blood getting to her legs. Um, and I was thinking about this one day. I was like, do you know what? I think it's sometimes the same with us. Sometimes it wasn't that Alice needed regular blood transfusions. Like she had everything she needed in her. It just wasn't getting to everywhere it needed to. And so there was real weakness. Um, once things were opened up, my goodness, what a difference. Um, and do you know what? I think it's the same for us. Listen, the truth, the Bible says it, whether, regardless of whether we understand it, like it just does say that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. Like it just, it just says it. That life and power is in us. But I wonder whether sometimes there's stuff going on that means, you know what, that life and power of the resurrected Jesus is just not necessarily getting to everywhere it needs to. And maybe there's some stuff that we need to deal with. Because otherwise, we're laboring on our own strength, under our own steam and hard work and effort. And you know what? It'll get you so far, but honestly, it will burn out. Like, it won't get us there. It's less effective. We're not going to function to our fullest potential. Sometimes it's even painful. Um, And you know what? Sometimes the block is simply, I don't maybe realize or believe his life is in me. Actually, unbelief stops the life of Jesus. Because if I don't believe it, I don't expect or attempt anything. And so then I don't see anything. And so then I don't. So I'm in a vicious cycle. And, and unbelief will really hold us back. So maybe for some of us this morning, it's like, well, Jesus, I don't necessarily feel this. I don't necessarily see this. But your Bible seems to be saying that the life and power of the resurrected Jesus is in me. So I'm going to believe you. I'm going to take you at your word. And I'm just going to see what happens. And for some of us, that's the stent. That's the opening up that actually is like now. Now some life's going to get somewhere. Because the thing is, listen, there's nothing more God needs to do on his end. Like there isn't. The Bible says in one, uh, 2 Peter, it says that all we need for life and godliness, he's given us. Like everything you need is in you. Like he's already done. It. The problem is not that God needs, you know, we need regular blood transfusions. Like for M, she had all the blood in her system she needed. It just needed to get to the right places. And this verse, 2 Peter 1.3, it talks about... Um, all we need for life and godliness. I want to read it to you in the Amplified Version, which kind of just squeezes all the possible meaning out of the original language. This is 2 Peter 1, verse 3. For his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. That's an amazing verse, right, when you hear it like that. and read it again. For his divine power that's in you 
has bestowed on us absolutely everything needed for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness. It's in you. And listen to this, the way we access it is through true and personal knowledge of him. And that's what abiding looks like. It's me living in him, him living in me. So I'm like, I know him. I'm known by him, but actually I'm beginning to know him. And everything you need for a dynamic spiritual life, not a just about survive and hang on by my fingertips spiritual life, but actually a dynamic spiritual life. It's his divine power in you that's going to make that possible. So it's the same for Ali. Didn't need more blood, just needed to get to the right places. And physiologically, um, I'm not looking at the medics in the room in case I get it wrong, but pretty much with a blood vessel, either something is squeezing it from the outside, so it's narrowed, or there's something blocking it from the inside. Yeah? Um, and for us, I think sometimes it's a good kind of health check. Actually, is there stuff on the outside? Is there external pressure that is maybe closing down things? Is it other people's expectation? Is it shame over what's gone before? Is it perfectionism? Is it pe- perfectionism? Is it fear? Is it an external situation or something that's going on that's just putting pressure on? Um, and we're actually, like, I know what I need to deal with that. Like Mary said, actually, fear came in when she had that diagnosis. You know, on the one hand, we could say, well, yeah, you know, the big C word, that's that's fearful. But actually, you don't have to live under fear. And she said, actually, the power of fear was broken. She wasn't then fearful again through her treatment. Like, that is a stunning testimony of actually something on the outside pressing in and trying to stop the life of Jesus flowing in and through Mary. And she dealt with that. But what about stuff on the inside sometimes where there's, there's a block within an artery, for example. There's stuff in the way. You know what? Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's unbelief. Maybe it's unconfessed sin that I'm just hiding and I'm not dealing with. Listen, you just don't have to live like that. We, but we sometimes need to be intentional about getting that stuff out of the way and saying, God, show me. Show me anywhere where there's stuff in the way that's stopping the life of Jesus flowing through me and to other people. And we need to deal with those things to let that life of Jesus flow. And that's what I think living every moment in the Spirit. It's accessing the life of the Spirit that is in us. And and for me, that's what remaining in Jesus looks like. It's moment by moment keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. And that's where there's life in um, Colossians 1. Verse 29. So this is the verse after Colossians 1.28 is this mystery of Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then he says this, To this end I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I love this verse because this for me, you know, I love all the tensions we see. You know, and it's so easy, isn't it, for us to go to one extreme or the other. But this verse is like, listen, I, Paul is saying, I am strenuous, strenuously contending. Paul is working He is expending some energy. It is costing him some stuff. He is strenuously contending. But what's he contending with? The energy that Christ so powerfully works in me. That's mutual abiding. I'm every moment abiding and living and remaining in Jesus. But in every situation, every moment, knowing he is abiding and living in me. So I am working as hard as I can, but with the power and the life of Jesus that is in me. That's it. That's the walk. That's healthy roots. So it's like I, I choose to remain in him. I make choices every day that are lined up with what Jesus says. And that might cost you something, but I make choices like that. And I'm, that way I'm establishing really deep, healthy roots. Might not be visible at all on the outside, but I'm developing really strong roots in him. But it's in this context of knowing him, 
And knowing the reality that he's in me, the life and power of Jesus, it's in me. Um, and so as we look kind of through the rest of this series, um, I want to I wanna really encourage you to um, actually look to let your roots grow deeper and stronger. Like actually, don't be afraid to go after stuff. Like there's no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. There's nothing that's going on in your life that in any way cannot be trumped by the power of the work of the cross. Like there just isn't. Um, so I want us to I want us to be excited and really go after those things. Um, but I want it to be in this understanding of listen. This isn't a to do list. This isn't a checklist report card season. It isn't. It's about abiding us in Him and Him in us. And that the promise is as we do that, we're going to be fruitful. And so from that point of view, then you don't need to strive and stress. You know, apple trees do not work hard to produce apples. If they're healthily planted with healthy roots, they just will. And it's the same for you. But actually the point where we need to be intentional is about the health of our roots, the health of where we're planted, the health of the choice that we're making, the health of how we're feeding ourselves. That bit you absolutely need to own and grab hold of. But actually the fruit being produced, that's the work of the Spirit in us. And that we're actually, if that analogy of the blood vessels helps you, actually that there's just nothing in the way for that life of Jesus getting through. So, But I want us to make sure that we land this morning and we set up the rest of this series um, knowing that actually the most important aspect of our root system is that we know that we're loved. Um, actually, it's that personal knowledge of God, that we're known and chosen and deeply loved by a Father God. Listen, that's where you make a disciplined choice from. That will guard you against getting religious if you just know that you're loved and then you make choices. That's, all right. That's where life and health comes from, that we are loved. And so I want to I wanna close. I want to pray um, from Ephesians 3. I've done this plenty of times over you guys as a church family. We're going to do it again. Paul's prayer for the Ephesians in verse three, in um, chapter 3 of Ephesians. And he talks about being rooted and established, but it's rooted and established in love. Not in healthy habits, not in good Christian discipline, it's rooted in love, and that you'd know it for yourself, just for you this morning. Um, so I want you to stand, and then I'm going to read that verse over us, pray over us as we finish. Why don't you place your hand on your heart? So, Father God, I pray that out of your glorious riches, would you strengthen each one of us with power through your spirit in our most inner being. Father, I pray that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith. And I pray that we, being rooted and established in love, would have the power, together with all God's holy people, to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is this love of Christ and that we would know this love that surpasses knowledge and that we would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd come and do what only you can do and would you come and root us and establish us in love once again. God, maybe for the first time, maybe for the hundredth time. Father, come and yeah, just to come and strengthen that root in each one of us that we are so fiercely loved by you. And God, we want to say, like, we want our roots to go down deep in you. 
God, we want to have healthy, healthy roots because we want to be a fruitful people because we want to bring glory to you. But Father, I pray that we would do that knowing that um, we don't need to strive and strain. Yes, we need to work, but it's we work from this place of abiding in Jesus and knowing that he is living, remaining, abiding in us. So I pray for each one here, God. I pray for just amazing encounters with your love. God, just situations, conversations, things that would happen that just make us realize again, wow, he's in me. He's with me. He's for me. Nothing can separate me from his love. So God, would you teach us just through this next season, God, teach us what it is to remain in you and give us increasing revelation of what it is to have the God who made the heavens living in us. But for each one, God, I pray they would be rooted and established in love. So Holy Spirit, come and make that real this morning, I pray. I thank you, God, that that's, that's your job. We don't need to convince ourselves. It's not my children's job to convince themselves that I love them. It's my job. I need to convince them that I love them. That's Father's job this morning. He wants to come and convince you once again. He loves you. And that's where your roots are healthy.